All right, everybody, Vinny Fisher back with another episode of Total CEO. I wanted to talk to you today about really choice. And so I, what happens a lot in my life is sometimes I make decisions and I find myself on this treadmill or I'm like, well, that's the decision I made, so I'm going to have to see this path of my life. Well, I've got Tommy Breedlove on the phone and here we are, Tommy. We're here today. I want to thank you for being on the show. Awesome. Glad to be here. Excited. Oh, great. And by the way, the phone means camera too, so I don't know why I said that. That's great. <laughs> Tommy, um, one of the things I like to do is kind of do an introduction of who you are right now so people can relate to you. What's up? Who are you? Why should we be listening to you? I am someone who seeks to be better than he was yesterday. I um, lived 19 years of corporate financial consulting life, felt like I lost the power to choose, was stressed out, had all the financial fame, had the success, had the prestige, won awards. But brother, I was doing everything. I was, I was dying inside. So what I do today and who I am today are one and the same. I give people the permission and the choice not to be stressed out at work or in their personal lives. Dude, I love it. I love how you have exactly dialed in on your mission. It's great. So Tommy Breedlove, where do, while people are in their wonderful moment of checking you out, where can someone, we'll have this in the comment here, where can someone go find you if they want to go check you out right now? www.choosegoodnessnow.com. So choosegoodnessnow.com. And if they wanted to get a hold of you, they would just go right to the contact button. That's, That's it. It gets right to you. Email okay, cool. address is all there. Yep. Awesome. All right, let's dive into some real meat. Sound good? <laughs> Absolutely, brother. All right. This sounds all well and good, this whole choose. How the freak do I choose? <laughs> I've set this path down a certain way, and the entire organization is built on something I've built. But here I sit and look and say, crap, I'm not sure I care about this the way I used to care about it. Mm. Now how do I choose? That's the biggest thing I deal with when I'm called in on these clients. It always starts with come in and fix my company. Mm. And we've lost, we've lost revenue, profitability's down, people are leaving, we can't keep good management. Um, help me to rediscover what made us great. And so our mission in life is Be to help Jesus you Jesus for me. So here, okay, cool. Hi. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it's never about the company, man. It's, it's always comes back to leadership and culture and what they've lost. So one of the things that we help them do is rediscover their brilliant. Say that again. What they really went in this to do. And the, discover their brilliance and what they really came into this business to come do. back Why closer to your mic to you sounded better when you were closer to your mic your right our people want to hear that oh you sound great our people want to hear that from you so say that again <laughs> we were talking about the brilliance part so what i want to do is i want to dive back in a little bit to this piece where you were talking about your brilliance and how that actually plays out for you Hold on one second. Let me show you. No, you're good. Hands. You're good. You're here. I you see. You got me? You're here, man. Okay, good. It's it. I had this big message saying disable. You know, you're not enabled. So, are we editing this, by the way? Do you edit the shit out of this? <laughs> well, I might have to do that part right there. But no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. You keep rolling. Don't worry about it. Our, our team is awesome. We're on this. And our Facebook people will beat us up for whatever choppiness are there, but it's all good, dude. So you started to say when you dive in and, and the first thing that happens, I ask you this big question is how do I choose? And you made this really cool statement. Can you repeat that? Yeah. 
when we come in, we help these executives rediscover their brilliance or genius, what they're really good at and why they did this to begin with, the meaning of what they do. Um, so that's the first thing we do when we come into a company. All right, so get, like, so we, we, I want to help someone right now, right? They don't even know if they want to talk to Tommy anymore. They're scared out of their mind to admit that this is even happening to them. What's like a first step you ask somebody to do when like the signs are there? Because self-awareness, man, is freaking hard. For someone like me who's a dominant personality, some would say I'm a ruby. Like the last thing I do is ask for help. I'm all about fix it myself until I'm almost dead or depressed. So what's the first That's step? It. That's it right there. If you feel dead or depressed or stressed out beyond belief, you're losing sleep at night. When you're at home, you're thinking about work. You're thinking about your employees. You know, why am I doing this? And completely lost happiness in what you do. Then it's time to maybe get rid of that dominant personality and ask for help and help us come in and rediscover who you are. Well, I'm never going to get rid of it, right, Tommy? I mean, it's not going not, away. Nope. What you're saying is it doesn't go away. So it makes you great, humility, right? Practice a little bit right. of humility. Recognize that I need help and not be so self-reliant or arrogant and raise my hand. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. And it's the toughest thing for some of us leaders and executives to do is ask for help because mm -hmm. we're out there trying to set the example to be the leader, to be that Oak. And a lot of the guys and usually my clients typically are men. They're typically somewhere between 40 and 65 years old. What do you call me out for man? The like, example. Yeah, <laughs> totally with you. <laughs> that's typically what they are. You know, that's yeah. typically what they are and what they, what they want, you know, when they're in the club, they don't want to seem, like they're weak and ask for help among their peers. So when we get behind closed doors, we really rediscover who they are, why they do what they do, and really reinvent their company based on their value systems and what they're really What do you think really, because people operate under this mindset of things they want and things they need. So an executive like me, let's pick on me. Well, we can pick on plenty of others, but why not pick on the one who's most messed up in front of you? And like, <laughs> why... What do you find out, what do you discover as you're kind of prospecting is the biggest want versus what they really need? Like what does an executive like me really think I want in help versus what I actually need? Do you understand the question? Like I think I'm looking for something when I identified this. What do I actually think I'm looking for? And then how does it actually play out in what I really need? I think what they want is – respect the love of their people and financial success. I think that's what they want. Yeah. But even if really I, I, let me push back on that a little bit, Tony, cause this is fun. I'm really enjoying this. So let's say I've got the financial success. I, I'm not really worried about paying my bills. I mean, I might be worried about cash flow management of the business or did I make another biff that blew the way we're growing? I got that. <laughs> but I would say most guys that you work with, you work with bigger companies, like you mature, they're at least doing 5 million in revenue. So they're not like struggling with paying bills. They might be giving away their generational wealth. And they're stressed out by the trappings of the world, but it's probably not necessarily financially freaked out on that level, there may be other financial freakouts, but this, this thing you talked about with respect or, so for me, it's like, I can be really popular, really in charge, really killing it. And I can feel some days like the most lonely, depressed person. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think that's a common thing among all my clients is feeling like they're alone. Like they don't have a peer to reach out to, to generate ideas mm. from, to manage the business they're in, but also to manage the business they're going to be in. Okay. And so I think that's the biggest need right there is, is who, where we are and where we're going to go and who's going to help me do it. Gotcha. Um, so a lot you, of the folks you, that I'm you dealing find, with. You find that somebody who jumps into that role, right? Like, so one of the things I always say, Tommy, is we need as leaders to be mentoring somebody. So in your business mentoring process, you, I don't know if you'd use the word coach or consultant. To me, they, they kind of fuzzy and run across each other. But I believe that all leaders should be mentoring somebody. And in this process of mentoring, based on who's in front of you, you mostly usually have hard-charging dominant guys who are the leaders <laughs> of their business, right? That's and so right. That's right. I don't need an outline. I don't want you to sit down and give me 74 action steps for the next three years of my life. So what's the first kamikaze thing that happens with like the dominant guy, the, the hard charger? Like where do you, where do you start? I usually start with his people. Okay. To be Talk honest, to I always start with his people because the, what we see in the mirror as leaders is usually not what our people, our customers, our vendors are seeing. Ouch. We see, we see one thing and they're seeing someone else. I usually don't start with them. I usually start with all of their people with a discovery process and figure out what's working, what's not working, both at a leadership level, a cultural level, and by the way, a corporate operational financial level. That's, that's the stuff that's like breathing for me, yep. but it's also what did we really do good in the past? What are we doing really good now? What do you think we need? And then we come back with all the results within a week and really start diving in with the leader. And here's how I know we're making success. All right, cool. And the leader says, man, I could have probably done that different or I didn't even know that or I didn't see that and how can we do it better? So that doesn't how mean they often, have to go. How often, I, I assume you eventually get there with some kicking and screaming, but how often, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, do you find yourself having to help break down the lack of humility in a strong leader like myself? Every time. Yeah. 99% of the time. It's very, it's very rare that we find that guy who's just seeking help because, we, you know, from business school to Western society to us as men, we have to show poise and strength and success and we're leading a company and, and chances are most of them are doing that well, but yeah. time takes its toll. It really does. I got you. I hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm picking <laughs> up. So it sounds like a personal counsel session in front of the entire world. I really appreciate you for that, Tommy. Hey, so let's take a, a quick break. Tommy Breedlove, you breed love. That's how you say that, breed love. Breed love, yeah. Is, I was born um, with that. It's a real choose, name. Yeah, hey, man, you know, like we get what we get. Choosegoodnessnow.com. Now, on their yeah. site, if someone dives on your site, what, do, will they be able to take a journey through some of the stuff you do? Is there some material they can get their hands on that they can start doing some of these action steps of what you and I are talking about? Absolutely. There's awesome. um, on the website, it not only describes about why we do what we do and who we are and, and my journey through this and how I didn't feel like I had the choice in my career. Um, but also there's questionnaires in the, in the um, what we do section that both from an organizational level and an individual leadership level, they can ask themselves to say, okay, maybe this is a different way of thinking about it. And maybe what do you see is, what do you see as being, let's get back on that choice thing, right? And how we make, choo how, how we choose to make things. So, you know, I say that love is not a feeling, it's a choice, right? I choose mm. to love my wife and all the hard things we have to do, right? Divorce is rampant because I'm not making a conscious decision to love my wife. 
So mm. I have to choose to want to be an active, engaged leader who's ever learning. How many times are you running into guys that literally fight you on that part of it? Um, 80 to 90% of the wow. time. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't have time for self-growth. Yeah. They, they invest outside in their companies. They, they invest in their people. They invest in their wives. They invest in their families. But they're not investing in themselves. And they're certainly not investing in their, their happiness and not being stressed out in life. Because they feel like they need to control everything. Everything. And the truth is, is they're not in control of anything. You know, it's funny. I've come to learn that word happiness is like love to me. It's like something that's very hard to catch it's a conscious decision, right? So how I practice happiness in my life is with gratitude for what's happening mm. and an attitude of, of appreciation like that, you know, so it's hard to grab a hold of that thing, right? You know, it's like, I mean, so I imagine that parts of the impossible part of your job, but I think, you know, what I'm really excited about, I want everyone to hear about are these conscious decisions that we can make. We can choose a position or an outlook of happiness. We can choose to make decisions. We're not stuck in them. So, you know, you're talking guys who've got running operations. You know, one of the tragic things I've done in my career is when I make a decision or a choice, sometimes that was leave the entire organization and recklessly let it break and go start another one. Mm. But, man, I'll tell you, that has proved to be just about the dumbest things I've ever done where I've like destroyed two or three of my organizations because I made the choice to get the freak out and I wanted nothing. And, and I, I didn't realize that my boredom and my tired was, I just didn't care about the business as much as I used to. I got off track. I'm doing other things. And so what's a way to help somebody today get back on track knowing that boredom and tired are indicators of something that's got to change. So how can we help them in like a one, two, three or a number one? How do you help them get back on track? Even if they never call you, but what would you, what would you recommend? I would recommend this. I would recommend them to do a self discovery process with someone that they trust, um, not a family member, a peer group, maybe someone at the club to really rediscover what they're super good at what they love to do, that's number two. So super good at and love to do. And those could be two different things. One thing I'm amazing at is mergers and acquisitions. I hate to do it. I've done it for 19 years. I hate it. So I'm really good at it, but I don't love to do that. So it's where talent meets desire. But most importantly, the third thing I would ask, and this is the thing that we as leaders and men really have, in my opinion, fallen short on, is what meaning or significance do we want in our life? So not only combining what we're truly good at to what, what we're talented at, to what we love to do, to what we want to mean in life. And the goodness part of our organization, that means something different to every single human being we meet. And my value systems might not be your value systems. And what do you want you and your business to stand for? And the combination of where all those things intersect that's where the magic happens. And the so that last one is, that last one's tough, right? It is. Because that's actually, you know, like uh, on my path, my journey, my life, some of that is seasonal life stuff and keeps changing as my kids get Absolutely. older. Like, so that's the tough one, right? So Absolutely. one of the things I've been discouraged about lately, I'd love to hear your opinion about this, is there's so much soundbite information going on. No one's investing in their talent or deepening their skill any longer. 
They're jumping off and they're going towards meaning and significance and not developing a skill. When they're chasing happiness or love and not doing conscious choices. So I like this where talent and desire line up because in my journey, I, I realize I'm really good at growing a business. I hate running them. <laughs> Once I've grown it to a certain point, someone else has got to run it. But what I'm really good at is gr I'm a ruler. So what does a ruler do? A ruler builds other leaders, yeah. right? And so if I can spend my time and the desire and talent I have of growing other leaders, then it's great. I start being an administrator. I literally want to put something in my mouth and pull some kind of trigger and it gets closer towards it. And so, but maybe my meaning and significance is sharing my faith in where my talent and desire are. Those can get murky. Like I really hope and pray that we got you on the wall of helping people spend time deepening their talent so that where their desire is best effectively going, that's where they're going to be on the journey of finding their meaning. Is that what you're saying? Totally. And it's not just about developing your talent and skill. I think that's an absolute must. And some, some of us entrepreneurs and larger business owners tend to put that on the side because we've got a business to run, right? right. So it's not only about what you're talented at. The most important part of that is, A, you're talented at, but B, you got to really like doing it. And one of the biggest things that I see See, especially with CEOs is usually when they start their business, they're, they're kind of like yourself. What, what's great about you is you know what your true talent is and what you can offer to the business. But if you're doing administration and operations, you're losing, you're not living your highest truth and your highest oh. purpose for your people or yourself. And everybody so, hates me when I even act like totally, that. totally. And deservedly so. And it's a lot of the, and this is, this is a hard truth. Hmm. A lot of the CEOs and entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter if it's a $1 million or $500,000 company or a $100 million company. Usually their talent is outside in their current job. Like they're either a great product guy or a great design guy or a motivator and most are sales guys. Guess where they catch themselves in? running and executing the business and dealing with humans. And that is not their skill set. Yeah. You can still be a CEO or board chair and run innovation, sales, business development, whatever your skill and your love is and let executors and administrators execute. I see that so many times. And we, we figure we got to control all parts of the organization because we're the CEO. Right. Whereas we'd really be serving our organization best if we were doing a, our talent set B, what we love to do, and like you said, and this is so huge, is developing that skill set, and I can't say this enough, for the business you're in and the business you want to be. That's the biggest thing that I see from executives these I days. I love it. I love it. And right, so as entrepreneurs, we already have this ability, a God-given ability to define what we decide to make successful. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? It's not just like somebody gave us a business, we probably built this thing, right? Yeah. So we're able to build the things we want. You know, I've noticed as I get a little grayer and probably the gravity of my skin heads in a direction I don't prefer, the, <laughs> that, uh, that the, the, I make decisions of what I want to do that don't necessarily line up with the things I'm doing. Mm. How do you help somebody navigate that? Uh, it's, it's, you just asked the magic key. That's the magic sauce right there. The question is, why do you choose to do that? Mm. Why would you choose to do something that's not in the highest 
use of yourself because that's the most important as a leader, but then there's the highest of your people in your company. Why would because you choose I, to do that? Because I did it. It's the consequence of my action. It's like, I have to see it through. I, I have responsibilities to my internal kingdom as well as the bigger kingdom. And I get caught up in all those lies and I believe I have to do it. <laughs> That's it. And that's the part you've got to own. And usually you need someone external of yourself, a peer, someone who's been through it, someone who's lived it, someone who's made the mistakes to help you get through that. Mm. And that's where we come in either at a corporate or an individual level and help Gosh, you see so in the it's mirror. It's got to be really hard it's to get a bunch of guys <laughs> to raise their hand. So how have you, what have you found to be an effective way to get someone like me to raise my hand saying, Tommy, come on, bro, I need your help. Here's the problem. They call me when things have hit the fan, the proverbial it's hit the fan. Something big has happened. I've only been called twice when it was a major good choice. And one of the big choices that I got called recently is do I sell my company for $40 million or not? And guess what we decided over three days of whiteboarding and really getting to know him and his executive team. Knuckle down, go for 80 million. Yep. That's it, brother. Yep. That's it, brother. So I wish they would call me when things are going good, just to kind of check in. That would be the best. So they well, don't raise their hands. You'll get they kick. don't raise their hands, man. <laughs> here at Fully Accountable, the, the business that we have where we do all kinds of financial and operational strategy, I'm loving if I get the call from the guy who's like, you know, we double X this year, and now we want to 3X. We really want to bring in more depth to do that. Or I get the call of, hey, man, we're doing about 10 million in sales. I didn't make a paycheck last year. I have no idea about my numbers. And can you come and help us? Like, I get always that second one. I Me never too. get that first one. I mean, maybe the unicorn shows up once in a while, but right, broken people are the ones who are hurting. So haven't you signed up naturally to help broken people? I have. Um, yeah. I wish <laughs> I wish they would call me when they weren't broken because we could prevent that from happening by just doing some 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 check-ins to see some of my greatest movement going. Tommy has happened when I'm broken oh absolutely and that's where you learn the most and every cliche and book in the world talks about when you failed or broken uh, but most of the time people call me for this they mm. because of my corporate consulting background they say profitability's down cash flow stinks people are leaving I don't know why my customer's competition is in. Come in and help us fix our company. And again, 99 out of 100 times, it's about it's leadership, you. culture, and the example we're setting, coming from a fear-based mentality, making decisions that are outside of what we're good at and what truly is, is to our highest and best use. And we go into a scarcity and fear mindset. Well, even they, probably you know, more harsh than that, I find myself sometimes going into a poverty mindset. It's not oh, even totally. scarcity. It's really even worse. It's more offensive. I tell myself the truth, which is I get a poverty mindset of like this scarcity thing. And like, you know, it almost freezes you. And so, man, good for you for fighting that fight. So if you want to know more about Tommy Breedlove, you go to choose goodness now.com. Now, if I recall looking at your stuff, you have some kind of strategy call. You allow people to get on the phone with you. Like how do they trigger that? If they want to do that, is that right there on your site? It's on the site and I'll do a 30 minute consultation to you for free to see if it's a good fit or even knew that. And what I'm great about knowing is what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And if there's something I can help you with, I'll jump right in. If there's something that someone else or my peer group can 
help with, I bring that in as well. If you're yeah. looking for an efficiency expert, it's not me. If you're looking for someone to come in and help you rediscover your brilliance or achieve meaning in your life. But my biggest thing, the breathing, the blocking and tackling and breathing is similar to you guys is the financial success. Nice. And I do believe that's the result. I mean, that's yeah. my background is right. finance and corporate accounting and big firms. And, yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> well, listen, we need more of you guys fighting this fight because, you know, as a financial expert, we, we know different things about the operations of a business, but the reality is, you know, if the house is not on a firm foundation, then whatever else we build means nothing. So if the leader isn't on, isn't firmly on foundation, then everything else kind of just falls apart and crumbles, right? Uh, you're absolutely correct. And it's the hardest thing for us as, and I'm, I'm speaking to us as men, yeah. you know, above 40 have been in the entrepreneur of run our own companies. It's the hardest thing to do is ask for help or to admit weakness, but it's the, it's probably the most courageous thing a leader can do. I just had a call with a guy about this and uh, it, it, you're totally, I'm so thankful. We need more of you fighting this good fight, man. So uh, good for you. All right. So if you're going to leave somebody with a, a piece of advice, I think that self-discovery was amazing. I love that. So after they go through that self-discovery process, what would you have them do? I would have them really look at what they're doing in their personal and professional lives. And does it match up with that personal analysis? Mm, Are you like, doing the thing that you're truly good at? Are you doing the thing that you truly believe in? Is what you believe, is that what you're really doing in all facets of your life and business? From how you so treat is your it, customers. So your is a little bit of that a feel good factor? Like, you know, I didn't realize how good I was at developing leaders until I got a little bit away from it and then started doing it again and recognized some patterns in my life. Like it wasn't like a five minute exercise. Oh no, no, it's a lifelong evolution. And, and like every other consultant and coach, you'll outgrow it. And then you bring in the next evolution. But the, the key component here, as you said, it, you got to trust your gut. Mm. Your gut's never wrong. And if your gut's telling you, I could be doing better. And that takes a lot of reflection, right? Can I, I will say this, Tony. My gut can be wrong when I'm looking at that big old yeah. cupcake sitting over there. So I'm, like, there's got to be ways to test our gut, even as the CEO, right? Like I do know that my, my uh, stubbornness, my desire to stay on something, I'm mostly, I have perspective, but I also have commitment, typically the longest in our organization. So that's a good thing. But boy, has, our, has trusting my gut 100% of the time has also gotten us in a lot of trouble. Oh, wow. <laughs> My gut's usually been the exact opposite. I've done the exact opposite of my gut, whether it's, uh, the, whether it's time to walk like you away. you hear it and you're like, no. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I go here. Yeah. <laughs> I right, go here. Right. You know, just, just from my background, I have to outthink everyone, right? And then yeah. when I well, It's your personality them. too, right? You like, I can tell by your personality, you like to put a little structure and compliance to it where I'm like, I'll jump off the cliff. Like, <laughs> did I actually bring the parachute with me? Like, yeah, right? So Absolutely. Ooh thinking on that. Absolutely. Well, I've really enjoyed our time together, man. This has been great. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like, so this idea of like diving in to help broken people. So I always say that hurting people hurt people, right? So mm -hmm. what do you find when you're talking to the team? What are the things that, what's like one big thing? If I said, hey, our community, go pay attention to this today. Because when Tommy goes in and talks to teams, he finds out that your lack of self-awareness usually results in this. Now, I can give you an example for me. 
that because of my hard charging personality, when I'd walk into meetings or company stuff, and I'd give the rah-rah big speech about where we're going, everyone was freaked out that I was changing the entire direction of the business, and they were overwhelmed by me. When I thought, how great of me to be delivering passion, excitement, vision, vigor, they're like, don't let him talk to me anymore. This is freaking me out. What do you find out that people come back from a team that surprises me, the owner, as, a, as one of the top one or two answers that come back? The top, um, so usually the owner projects his value systems and loves and desires for the company and expects every single human being in the company to be as passionate as he is. And let me be clear, zero percent are unless they're an owner. Let me, let me just say that one more time. Zero percent are as passionate as you are because it's your baby. It's your family member. It's what you believe in. It's who you are. It's what you stand for. And so we drive down our work ethics, our expectations, our value systems, our thought processes. That's number one. Yep. And the, the biggest thing, the number two thing is we don't empower our people to help us make decisions people pay me a lot of money to help bring in innovation and change in their company. Mm. They really do. And all they got to do is ask their people and listen to them. That's all yeah. they got to do. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, I can I, come in and do it for you. You can just yeah. ask them. <laughs> hey, you know, Jesus couldn't preach in his own town, man. <laughs> right. One of the reasons why the outside towns listen to him a little bit. <laughs> totally. That's it, me. brother. That's oh. it. Well, what, is there anything our community could do for you? What can we do to help you? Oh, that's a great question. What you can do to help me is- what's one, uh, or, or while you're thinking about that, if you don't have that up top of your head, what's one of the biggest challenges you're having in your business right now? Scale. Okay. Scale. I'm the widget. Um, the problem is I have X amount of years of corporate M&A consulting, financial audit, and then the last six years, well, got put in a leadership position early and I, that's, my, that's what I study. Leadership, mm. people, yep. culture, emotion, psychology. That's what that's my gig. It's my yep. jam. And I take that with the financial. So scale for me is 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 key. I can only take so many clients. So that's my biggest struggle right now in bringing someone on to Well, community, if you're out there and you feel that that resonates with you and we can throw Tommy some love, literally reach out to him. Hey, by the way, you, you know, now that we've developed our friendship, come and hit me up. I've, I've scaled a couple, right? So yeah, I love it. Certainly can happily discuss some of that with you. All right. So what's something we can do for you? What you can do for me is if you, and I, I can't tell you how often this is happening. This is, this is what, how, why I was called to this new, part of my career, maybe outside of the corporate more on the individual level is I can't tell you how many coffees, lunches over a beer at night, these executive men, they just break down and tell me their stories. Mm. So if you've got a friend uh, that's just, he's lost, or he doesn't know what he needs to choose or where he needs to go or something's going wrong in his company and you might be too close to it, or it's a family member, They've just lost who they are and where they're going and they're just, or they're unfulfilled. That would be the person that I could help out the most. Cool. I love it. Tommy Breedlove from choosegoodnessnow.com. Tommy, I really appreciate having you on the show today, man. You're very welcome, brother. I right, have a great day. You too.